You're listening to Augustus Cho's Fry It Up podcast, where I will be frying it up with legends in sports, movies, music, comedy, politics, and more. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'm having such a great time talking with Lane McRae of La Bouche. Sometimes it's details that make the entire story more interesting and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, With uh, Lane, he's giving us all the background information about his experience as part of being that world-famous La Bouche group. At this point, uh, there was a tragedy that took place where his partner, Melanie Thornton, passed on from an airline crash when she flew from Berlin to Zurich to make her next appointment. And so she passed on at the young age of 34. Mm. She was born in South Car- uh, Charleston, South Carolina, passed on in Switzerland in 1991. And she is presently resting at, at her final resting place in Mount Pleasant Memorial Garden in Charleston County, Charleston, South Carolina. And may she rest in peace as uh, Lane had earlier mentioned she became one more singer that unfortunately uh, became part of airline tragedy in the mm-hmm. likes of Buddy Holly, Rich Valens, Leonard Skinner, Aaliyah, Otis Redding, Ricky Nelson, and Barcase. And now we add also uh, Melanie Thornton. And with that, we come to end of chapter one of La Bouche. And we are now going to talk about chapter two of La Bouche Land. You ready? I am ready. Okay. After you uh, two had gone your separate ways, uh, in your mind, did you think that La Bouche would end there when Melanie left? Or was there some other inkling in your head? Uh, no, because there were several groups um, that have had, you know, um, players change, you know, uh, during the game. Uh, and so that wasn't anything that was uncommon. Um, did I want to work with someone else? No. I mean, because Melanie had a, a unique gift, you know, and um, so no, I wasn't really surprised about that. You know, uh, I knew it was going to be anytime you have something that is working, that's, that's good. There's always going to have some comparisons, you know, Um she's not her, you know, she doesn't sound like her, you know, and when a new artist comes into the picture, they're not necessarily trying to sound like her. They're trying to be their own person, create a new sound. And unfortunately um, that did not fare well, you know, for, for us Um, because shortly after, you know, I found out that she was going to be stepping away from the group. Um, The studio called me and said they found a new girl and uh, they didn't know if I knew her or not. Um, and they shared her name with me. I said, yeah, of course I know her. She used to sing background for us. We fired her, <laughs> you know. Um, but that wasn't my decision, you know, because right, they had right. that, kind of, that kind of clout. So I, um, and I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dance around this delicately because I don't like to disparage people. Um, but having, co-written seven top 10 singles uh, and have the ASCAP award to back that up, you know, um, for having written one of the most frequently played songs in 1996, you know, um, 
awards, blah, 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 blah. Um, this young lady came into the picture and was able to coerce Frank into um, allowing her to write this song without the remaining original member of the group. And so, you know, we trotted off to Miami, Florida, did a $400,000, you know, dollar video down in the Keys, speedboats, helicopters, um, fast cars, ocean drive, just, it was a really, really great video. Um, and what happens is when you have a single that's been signed to the label as this song was, um, the record company goes into hyperdrive to set up promotions, product endorsements, all this other stuff, you know, and when the label or when the producers don't provide that track in a timely manner to them, all those windows of opportunities <clears throat> um, goes out the window. And so that song came into the, the German charts like at 98 on the Hot 100. The next week it was gone. And subsequently, uh, Frank lost interest, you know, in the group. And so there was nothing until 2002 when they released um, In Your Life. And at this point, my friend Kaya Shikoni from Le Click came into the picture uh, and we worked that record and I shot a video for it and it was a montage of all the videos that Melanie and I had done and uh, did a, the making of behind the scenes kind of thing. And, um, and this, this young lady that came into the group, you know, we did maybe a handful of shows together, maybe four or five shows. Um, the show was, it was compromised because uh, there was a lack of vocal range to do some of the songs. Um, and the chemistry just wasn't there. You're talking um, about Kyle? No. Okay. No. This is another unnamed young lady. Um, and I, like I said, I don't want to speak ill of anyone, but she just wasn't a right fit for the group, you know. And um, unfortunately, I know it's, 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 uh, I'm just not going to say this because I don't want this out in the ether, but it just wasn't a good fit, you know. And after we did those four or five shows, uh, I was still living here in Europe um, in, up until 2001, at which time I moved to Washington, D.C. And like I said, this social media and all this stuff wasn't what it is today. And so I started hearing from people, um, I can't wait to see you in, you know, um, Croatia or, or wherever. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, yeah, Labusha is going to be here. I said, no, no, I'm not, you know. And so this young lady started doing shows on her own, you know, as Labouche. Was it on the No. Okay. And um, there never was a contract, you know. So this is me back up. In the whole dance community thing, and I'm not sure if this works in the pop world, but in the dance community thing, what would happen is people would go into the studio, they'd record a track, and then the producers would kind of put it out there to see if it was going to take flight. If it took flight, then they would go back and they would do the agreements and contracts and whatnot. And um, so this was the case with the song that we released. And it just, it was a, it was a flop, you know? And so I was living in the States and 
you know, I guess promoters didn't want to necessarily always fly, you know, an artist internationally or whatever because of the cost or what have you. And she started doing these shows on her own. This greatly pissed me off, you know. I think if there had been a conversation, um, hey, Lane, uh, there's an opportunity for me to do a show and, you know, but the promoters can't, you know, afford to fly you over. Do you mind if I did this or whatever? I may have said, yeah, I don't know. Um, but this went on. And so I still have a great relationship with Frank to this day. And so uh, cut to 2014, when I first came back to Europe, I, that November, I flew to Miami to meet with him. And, you know, he was like, well, what have you been doing? You know, I, I was like, well, here's a tour schedule, you know. Um, and so he, I think he's been, you know, really one of my champions because he knows I've, I've kept this brand alive for all these years. Um, and I've worked with a few different girls over the years. Um, I just have a hard time with anyone trying to profit off of the work that Melanie and I built when you had absolutely nothing to do with the success. Uh, that was Frank, that was Uli and Armir, that was Martin Unger, my publisher. Uh, it was me, it was the whole team of people around us and for anyone to come in, uh, it would be like me going out to do a show uh, and say that I'm Maxwell. Uh, I'm not him, you know? And so um, that's when I just went out, I went ahead and just made sure that I got the copyright and ownership of the name. And so um, that is what it is. Um, I'm not going to say that this young, this young lady was without talent because uh, she, she obviously has some. And I don't mind if she wants to record these songs as her, which she's done. Um, but don't hustle my name to get work for you, you know. Um, and that, unfortunately, is a few of the groups that have that are going through the same thing. Uh, and each group has its own nuances. You know, for example, Bodiem, you know, there are four people in the group. And each of those four people have their own version of that group. You know, the the platters, same thing, you know they were the original people had their own versions that is cool you know but this situation is different because you never were the group you know and um same and story. so that same story for four tops the drifters i understand yeah. I understand. The temptations temptations uh and it's you know and it's a, it's you know with all the glitz and glamour you know it's it's a dirty business you know and you have to have a tough skin and as nice and as mild-mannered as I am, you don't want to have a battle of wits with me if you're not equipped, you know? And um, I'm not disrespectful, but, you know, the side of right is right. Um, you know, and it's just, you know. I got you. Um, when Melanie left, uh, she didn't take the brand name with you, right? I mean, the uh, Labouche no. stayed with you, right? No. So, yes. And yes. She, she knew better than that, right? So she yeah. All right. So let's move on to chapter two, and let's talk about uh, Kayo Shikoni. Um, mm -hmm. Her name is Kayode Maria Sauterberg Shikoni. Yes. And uh, she is actually of Swedish and Nigerian background. Mm -hmm. And in her uh, ethnic language, Kayode means she brought joy. Now, yeah, and she, she does. <laughs> now, uh, she's a very talented individual. 
because she not only sings, but she was actually a classically trained ballerina dancer and had danced for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, in addition to doing some movies, in addition to doing theater, uh, she had another group called Aphrodite. It was her and two other girls. Uh, and she, like me, is a hustler. You know, she's always got someone to play. And I, I loved working with her so much because she is a star. You know, you can, um, what is that saying about a pig's pig? Yeah, you can put a lipstick on a pig. Yeah, uh, but it's still a pig, you know, yeah. but Kayo, uh, even in sweats out in public is a star. You know, she exudes that, that confidence, that air, you know, and that's the difference between amateurs and professionals, you know, and, um, I mean, and she doesn't cry. Yeah, she's a beautiful lady. When you see those videos that you guys yeah. see, a beautiful lady, oh, yeah. strong singer. Gorgeous, you know, and, you know, my ethnic background, you know, I'm Nigerian way back, you know, so there was a kindred connection there. Um, but, yeah, she definitely, you know, uh, I have such a huge respect for her, um, and I'm sure she would mind me sharing this because she's a, she's a cancer, twice cancer survivor. Um, and one of the reasons I have a new partner now is because uh, a few years ago, the cancer had come back and, you know, she beat it and she's healthy now, you know, and that's this is great news. Um, but I have such a huge respect for her. Um, I knew she was talented. I knew she could sing. I knew she could move. I knew she could, you know, do all this stuff. But she did The Lion King there in uh, Sweden and uh, on this television show. And it was just breathtaking, you know. Um, she was so good. Um, and, you know, we still talk on the phone all the time. Uh, in fact, we just um, recorded a song together. Her brother, Iodi, um, is producing. Um, and I can't wait for that to, to come out either on the LaBouche record or as a single. Um, really excited about it. Excellent. Now, um, after your first part had left, there was a little gap there, right? Uh, you mean the girl that I'm not mentioning? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, I started Ruben, when I hooked back up with Ruben after this little, this little break where, you know, I was kind of self-medicating. I was drinking up, waking up, drinking Heineken at 8 a.m. and just hanging out and just debauchery. Um, but Ruben hooked me up with a young lady named Dana Rain um, out of New York. It was one of his clients. And, are, we talking you know, Ruben, she, are we talking Ruben Martinez? Yes. Okay. Dario, <laughs> and um, and I was a little apprehensive at first because um, Dana um, was Caucasian, and not that you know she didn't have any talent to sing, but you know Labouche was you know black girl, black guy kind of thing, soulful, yada yada yada. Uh, but I said okay, so we sent her the music, and it's so funny we laugh at this all the time to, to this day. Uh, the first show that we did together was at a men's resort in. Um, I want to say it's in St. Pete. And, um, you know, we walked into the, the rooms that they had for us and the beds were like on these big wooden platforms. There was mirrors all over the place. I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> let me get some carpet fresh in here and <laughs> clean this carpet before I walk on it. Um, but we did the show unrehearsed, you know, uh, and we killed it, you know, and she was, and we just took off from there. And we worked together for like eight years traveling the globe. Um, and it was just super, you know, and she got to a point where she and her husband were ready to have children and she wanted to do that. And so um, that's when 
I got back with Kayo and um, then we started touring again. And then the whole cancer thing came up again. And I subsequently um, found my current partner, Sophie Cairo, um, while I was doing a gig. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to that. We're only in chapter two right now with you and Kayo. <laughs> Uh, we want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, now, she sang part of was with Le Click. Yes. Another Frank's uh, gig. Now, from your perspective, what was the distinction between Le Click kinds of music and Le Bouche? Well, I mean, both groups um, had songs that were produced and, you know, written by um, Armir Seraf, uh, genius musician. Um, and so it had that common thread. Uh, the difference, I think, was Le Click was probably more pop dance, and I think Labouche was more pop soul dance, you know, because of Melanie's voice. Um, and the songs that, you know, Le Click, they were just really catchy, hooky songs like Please Don't Go, Call Me, uh, Heaven's Gotta Be Much Better Than This. Um, and it's so interesting that Kyle became Le Click alone because she originally had a rapper with her um, that, you know, they were, I think they were in Canada or somewhere and they came into the U.S. and he was um, apprehended by the authorities for um, <laughs> not, not paying child support. <laughs> so so um, they had to redo all the artwork and, you know, so. Yeah, um, you would think that it'd be kind of difficult to uh, fill in for what Melanie's vocal quality was. But mm -hmm. when you see the videos that you had made with uh, your second partner and her voice, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like seamless. She yeah. has a strong voice and similar tone, tone of quality to it. Yeah. And what was great about it is that then we could sell LeClick and LaBouche as a package. And, and we did her songs, we did our songs, you know, so it was a win-win on both of those things. Uh, and there's always, for me, I've always found like a safety in numbers, you know, I mean, as a solo artist, um, it's great, you know, um, but I think when, you, when you're working with someone, there's a safety in numbers, whether it's two or three or, or more. Um, but yeah, she definitely um, has a great voice. Yeah, and the videos that, you know, you guys reproduced was really uh, excellent. Not only the storyline, but also her singing was just like right there. Yeah, and you don't even realize that you had a prior history to La uh, before Kaya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what else is interesting to me? I was watching an old video of uh, Patty Labelle, and uh, she was, I think the music video was um, "New Attitude," and I was looking at the video. I said, "Why isn't she looking into the camera?" And one of the things that Melanie and Kayo have, they can find a camera and when they're singing, it looks like they're, they're singing to you. And I was like, wow, Patty, you know, I know Patty can sing a butt off, don't get me wrong, but video wise, she didn't have that kind of thing, you know? Um, right, she was Mariah, a singer. Yeah, Mariah has it. Uh, all these girls today, they know how to find the light, you know? And, uh, but Kyle definitely had it too. And I love working with her, you know, she's got such great style and, um, and even beyond all that, her heart is so just huge, you know. Yeah, when you were working with her, um, I guess that sometimes you can't help but to compare mentally with uh, your prior partner. 
Yeah. How did that play out when you think about both uh, Melanie versus Kaya? Yeah, well, I never bought into that. I mean, Melanie was her was Melanie, and Kaya was Kaya, um, and I didn't expect her to sound like or do the same things vocally that Melanie did because they're two different kinds of singers. Uh, but at this point, too, is when I kind of stepped in more as a singer than rapper and covered a lot of the stuff as well to make it a bit more cohesive. Um, because singing dance music, you know, is extremely hard on the voice, believe it or not. Um, I can sing Gershwin all day. I can sing jazz all day effortlessly. But, you know, going from rhyming to singing, um, a lot of this dance stuff, you know, is, is really hard on the vocal cords. Um, but no comparisons, you know, um, Kayo did what she did, um, and did a great job at it. Um, of course, there are always going to be some people out there, you know, haters that, you know, yeah, rest in peace, Melanie, this is not Labouche, whatever, you know, and so I always get on, I always answer a lot of these things personally, like on YouTube or social media, whatever, and, um, whatever it is that we're putting out there, if it's an old video or something new or whatever, and people are saying, you know, it's not Melanie, you know, uh, why do you do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what would you have me to do? You know, uh, <laughs> would you like me to die? You know, <laughs> what What are you asking? You know, um, do you think Melanie would not want us to keep this music alive? And usually that conversation wins them over to see that you actually do care and that you're responding to a lot of these things. Uh, but some people are just a diehard, you know, they love Melanie, um, you know, um, and I just let them know. I said I was 50% of this group as well. You don't think that I have a right to continue to make a living and to continue doing what I love doing, you know? So, and then on top of that, from this whole 90s thing, when you put something new out that doesn't sound like the old stuff, you know, people don't want you to to expand, you know, and grow. And so I'm learning how to blend the old with the new um, to try to keep keep it moving. Right, right. And I guess a part that people need to remember is that um, Melanie, for her own reasons, went her own way. Yes. When her left Labouche, it wasn't like you had anything to do with terminating or anything like that. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I think what happens to a lot of times is, you know, um, and I'm quite sure a lot of groups have this going on where you have people in your ear <clears throat> saying, you know, well, you don't need Lane, you know, you're the voice, you know, and people in my ear saying, you know, well, you know, you bring all the energy and, you know, the blah, 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 blah. And you can't listen to that crap, you know, uh, because everybody's bringing something to the table, you know, and it's equally as valuable. Um, and like I said, I've been working since I was 13 years old. I've never taken no for an answer. If it's something that I want to do, I do it, you know, and you can either jump on the lane train or you can get off in Sheboygan or wherever, you know, um, and, you know, hopefully you'll come back around. Um, but this is what I've chosen to do. This is what I love to do. And nothing and no one is going to make that stop, you know. Hopefully not. What's the best part of working with Kayo from 2007 to 2015? You know, there are some people out there in the world that you just shine around and she just brings out the best in me. Um, she has a tremendous sense of humor. I laugh at the stupidest of things, you know. Um, I love her style. I love her culture. 
I love her. I mean, she's just all wise, all knowing, you know, uh, every time I go up to Stockholm to gig, I usually stay a day or two and hang out with her and we go sightseeing and we go shopping and we stop and we have something to eat and, you know, I meet some of her friends um, because artists don't normally get to do that. Cause you know, I think last year, you know, I probably did, I don't know, hundred, 50 performances or something like that. So you don't get a whole lot of downtime to do anything. So when I do get the downtime uh, and I get to be a regular normal person and go out to eat and talk to like other people and you're not constantly talking about yourself, you know, and what you're doing and me, 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 uh, but it's other people, you know, cause there's a world beyond, you know, my little archaic world of performing, you know? Um, so, but yeah, the greatest thing about Kyle is that she's got a huge heart and, um, if she has it and you need it, you've got it, you know. Um, she's just a sweet spirit. I understand. I do miss Sweden myself. It's such a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. um, when you were working with her for those uh, years, in the back of your mind, did you uh, worry that she might also leave you like your prior partner did for whatever reason? Um, you know, I'm a realist and I know that life happens and life changes things, you know, and um, I've got two things to say about this. And one is I never was concerned about Kyle leaving for a solo career or anything like that, you know, and if she had that, that's her path, that's her journey. Um, but in light of the, you know, the cancer that came um, that she had to take care of, I understood that. So that was, that, that was a no brainer. Um, Right now, I think, I've, and I've thought this, you know, that anytime that you're working with a young lady, um, my priority and my commitment is to to my job, to my craft. And um, I think a lot of times, you know, women that are first getting into this business, they love it, they want to do it. Then comes the, I want to be in love. They've got a, a man and their devotion now becomes that, or it's a difficult balancing act or the children, they want to have kids. And not to say that women can't have kids in their career, uh, but it, 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 puts a, it puts a halt on some things, you know? Um, and so that's something to consider. So this next record that I'm putting out there is, um, it's not just a duo, it's me featuring a few different artists, you know? So um, we'll be able to keep the music going and I can use any one of you know, the ladies that are going to be on the record to, to tour or all, so. So my last question about Kaya, what does she add to La Bouche as a group? Well, she brought a history with her, you know, from uh, working with the same producers. Um, she brought, and, you know, Melly was a great performer. I mean, she was a good singer and she was a good performer. Kayo is is great with communication. You know, she's great chatting with the crowd uh and and i'm talking about more than just say ho you know raise your hands you know i mean she dialogued with the crowd you know she's um she speaks swedish she speaks german she speaks english uh she speaks um spanish i think um so she's i mean she's multilingual um she just lights up a room when she walks in you know and you know who she is you know um, but what she brought to LaBouche was just a different energy that was different from Melanie's. Um, and it took a lot of heat off of me, you know, for having to always 
you know, be in the front always talking or whatever. Um, and but you know, they were two different, two different, you know, people, you know, and um, everyone. I mean, she just has this infectious personality that you just want to be around, you know. And uh, I mean, I think if I lived anywhere else here in Europe, it probably would be Sweden. Because um, I've got now several friends up there, you know, from uh, my Ace Base friends to Dr. Alban and um, Kayo and a few other people up there. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, she's, she's good people. And it's hard to come by in this business. I understand. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on to chapter three of La Bush's history now. You ready? Ready. Okay, now you've had, uh, really, uh, Melanie was a strong vocalist. Kayo is a strong vocalist. And then mm -hmm. you apparently found another one, Sophie Cairo. And she's also a strong vocalist. Yes. Now, you met her in 2015 or 2016? Uh, 2015, yes. Okay. Uh, how'd you meet her? Uh, on Tinder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually was in uh, Budapest working with um, a nine-piece band doing a show, and she was one of the background vocalists. And Hungarian, so just for the record. Yes, yeah, in Hungarian, Hungarian, Hung Hungary, Hungary. Um, and uh, during the sound check, I turned around, and I was hearing glimpses of Melanie's voice in her what she was singing. So I didn't say anything initially. Uh, we went ahead and did the show. And um, afterwards I asked her, you know, what kind of job does she have? You know, what's she doing? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, you know, I just, I just sing. I sing in bands, you know, front bands. I sing background. Wherever there's a singing situation, I do. Um, she's never worked a, a regular real job. You know, she's a classically trained vocalist. And she's been gigging since you know, she was 16 years old. I said, well, I might have a, an opportunity for you uh, if you're interested. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the group called LaBouche. Um, she said, yeah, of course. You know, I grew up listening to it. Da, da, da. I was like five years old. I was like, okay, you mean to okay. make it feel old. <laughs> I know, right? So I sent her the material and um, I had uh, like a three, three week break. So she learned the material and we met up in um, Kiev for a gig in Kiev, Ukraine. And, um, and we did the show and she just blew it out of the water. Um, the only place where she was a little green was on the, the performance aspect of it, you know, because Labouche isn't just a, a band that you can come to listen to, you know, it's interactive with the audience and there's a, a push and pull, yin and yang, whatever, um, in our show. And, uh, and she's, you know, picked up a lot of stuff from me. Um, I think she was worried about stepping on my toes. I said, sweetheart, I said, don't worry about stepping on my toes. This is, this is a group. Um, yeah, I've been in it from the beginning, but this is a group. Do you, I'll do me. And we will sell out these, you know, these halls and stadiums. And, um, and so we've been working. I mean, the last gig we did was New Year's of this, this year. Uh, and obviously, with everything as it is now, you know, um, she's in Australia because uh, she recently got married. Um, and that, you know, is posing some issues for her, you know, when he lives there, she lives here kind of thing. Uh, but it's working out. I'm glad she's had this this time to spend with her husband. Um, 
and um, great vocalist. You know, she just has recently started doing some solo stuff that's really great. Um, super heart, um, animal lover, God lover, um, and loves to sing and yeah, loves to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> loves to sleep. Yeah. yeah, she's just really yeah. a strong. I'm sorry, say that again. And likes to, likes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, <laughs> I understand. Uh, she is also a very strong vocalist, uh, obviously, when I, you know, when you see her singing uh, Night After Night. Um, yeah. And, you know, she actually, I think from what I've read, that actually trained in uh, kind of an opera style yeah. for a while. So she has that range. Uh, yeah. It seems like if there are three, if there's a common denominator for you and LaBouche, when it comes to the uh, female vocalists, they said they're all strong vocalists. Yes. Very yes. impressive vocalists, right? Yes. And uh, is that fun it's for the, you? Go ahead. It's not for the faint of heart, you know. You, I mean, to be able to push these LaBouche songs out um, and to make them your own requires someone who has the technical know-how. And they and Kayo and um, Sophie have had that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Maybe she, uh, you know, whatever she may have lacked, I'm sure uh, that's uh, learnable quickly. Oh, yeah. She has the essence, which is you can't replace a strong instrument like that vocal unless you have it. You either have it or you don't, right? Yep, yep. Um, and, you, and you can't, and you can't oversing it. You know, I've heard, I mean, a lot of R&B artists, you know, redo some pop songs and they just overkill it. You know, I'm like, okay, it doesn't require all that. Sometimes you have to finesse things, you know. And um, and all my girls have been able to do that. <clears throat> yeah, subtlety does have its place. Yes. I want to talk about a little bit about the video you made with her um, and mm -hmm. the night after night video. Uh, it seemed like it was filmed in St. Louis based on the arts that I see. Um, what yeah, it was, was all green. That? It was all green screen. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, we were there. <laughs> okay, whoa. Hey, you know what? These days, you, you never know. <laughs> I'm actually better looking than this, but this is the green screen. Um, what was the reason that you chose St. Louis as a background in terms of the storyline? Um, well, we were there. Uh, we had already been in Chicago uh, gigging, um, and we were doing a, uh, a, a gay pride festival in St. Louis. And the guy that I had been working with before, uh, Chris Canote of Chris Canote Films, um, lives in Missouri and wasn't too far. And I said, hey, we're going to be in, I've got a week free between, you know, this gig and that gig. You know, can we shoot a video? Um, so he came up and we just used the, the city uh, uh, and some of the different locations around there to, to shoot the video. And of course, it, you know, it had to be the hottest day of the year there. Um, I think I lost 10 pounds, you know, on that shoot. Um, we did some night shooting as well. Um, but Chris is phenomenal. Um, his his company has really taken off. Um, and we hope to, when all this stuff is over, actually get together and be able to do a new video for some of the feature songs. Great, great. And we will be right back after this important message. of horse racing we are at the final turn 
of speaking with Lane McRae of La Bouche. And Lane, I thank you for hanging around and speaking with us and giving us the whole story about La Bouche so that we can appreciate you that much more. My pleasure, bro. Um, we're at chapter three of La Bouche's history. You had the pleasure and the honor of working with three very talented vocalists. When you look back on it, did you have to adjust to each one of them in particular? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, each of our <clears throat> relationships that we have with our friends or family, whatever, is, is different, you know. So uh, each of those relationships were different. You know, they were all rooted and grounded in, in love and respect for one another. Um, so, uh, but not any major adjustments, you know, just, um, you know, um, the love of music, you know. So there was no uh, major adjustments on my part. I think probably... Um, the ladies were more concerned about respecting me and not, you know, being too overbearing or whatever. I'm like, you know, let it rip. You know, the people, the fans, they want to hear La Bouche, and that's us, you know, and whatever configuration that is, we just have to serve it up. In terms of the model adjustment, you said earlier that uh, with Melanie, uh, she didn't take the front stage so much, so you had to be the front man speaking more to the public. Wow, with Kyle, um, he kind of took the initiatives for the public. How do you see the yeah, present one with Sophie? Um, well, let me just say, Melanie did, you know, interact with the crowd. I don't, I don't want to say that she she was that. I mean, I think we both learned as we kind of went, uh, and each of us brought different nuances, you know, to the crowd and everything. And mine was, you know, screaming teenage girls. Um, hers were the the lovesick, you know, young girls, and you know, we each had our own little thing. Um, and with um, Sophie, I think probably the biggest challenge for her is because English isn't her first language. Um, and she's learned a whole lot, you know, in the last, you know, um, five years or so. Um, um, and I think probably she was a little apprehensive about speaking because of the language barrier in a lot of places. Um, but when we're in um, Hungary or if we're in um, um you know, another, you know, country that's similar in language or whatever, you know, I let her take the front and let her talk to the crowd because obviously I know a few words uh, in Hungarian, but I don't know enough to, to hold a conversation with you. Hey, Hungarian so, goulash, that's the most important one. I know, right? And Kursenom says thank you. I can say thank you in probably about every language there is. Um, but it's... Um, and so that was a challenge for her, you know, and, and, you know, and when you're not sure of yourself sometimes in situations, you know, there, there are those insecurities. And I said, just put it out there, you know, um, and, you know, where I don't speak, you know, uh, Russian or whatever, I know a few words and, you know, I just kind of ham it up and, you know, and the people know that you're trying to uh, engage them in their, their home mother tongue, then they appreciate you even more, you know, because uh, I don't expect everyone to speak English. You know, but the one thing that they do know are the lyrics to the LaBouche songs, you know. Amazing, isn't it? It is, truly. Yeah. Um, philosophical question for you. Is there a difference between European, Euro European audiences versus North American audiences in terms of how they respond to your music? Um, some, yes. Um, I think here in Europe, you can have one hit. And you can probably work for 20 years from that one hit. Uh, unfortunately, in America, you're only as big as your last hit. Now, with LaBouche, um, I have to say that we have some diehard fans uh, in America. Um, 
mostly Chicago, New York, Miami, um, Chicago, a few other places where we have large uh, immigrant communities. Like uh, I think Chicago has one of the largest Polish communities outside of Poland uh, that always come out, find us, support us. Uh, same thing in New York, same thing in Toronto. Um, and and not just those immigrant communities, but you know, people love these songs, you know, the gay community, the dance community, um, they just all come out. And when you find a group that can cater to your musical tastes and your mu musical needs, uh, it just it just makes it all the more much easier. And when those songs have been, you know, um, exploited in you know, television and film and people know them, um, it just makes it easier, you know, and I think, um, and they're all different, you know, I think um, one of the first places that we played in the U.S., um, and I don't know if Ruben booked this gig or if who booked this gig, but it, one of our first gigs was in a R&B hip hop club in Boston. Now, obviously we're not hip hop, you know, uh, we like hip hop, you know, we're black, but not all black people do hip hop. And so, you know, we he came in dressed in all of our, you know, European fashion and the guy introduced, ladies and gentlemen, international recording artist, La Bouche. And people were just kind of like, and it was like crickets, you know? So me and Melanie looked at each other and we said, okay, now this is one of those times where we're going to have to go to work because you can't assume that everyone's just going to jump up or down because you have a record out or whatever, you know, who are these people? And by the end of it, they were applauding and they, they loved it, you know, but, you know, sometimes artists, I think, expect just because of who they are, just because, you know, they've got a record that the crowd is going to respond a certain way. But sometimes you have to go to work, you know, and you've got to let them know that you are the real deal, you know, and, uh, and Melanie handled that like a pro, you know, because she can, she can, I mean, the girl could have done anything, you know. Absolutely. And just between you and I, man, just between you and I, not all, not all agents are good in math. No. And, <laughs> and not, all, not all agents are good in martial arts either. Okay. Actually, I was pretty good. I used to teach you. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's, there is that stereotype image. But you know you what? Didn't do any of the, you didn't do well, any in the movie? Well, I, you know, I do what I can. But I'm no Jackie <laughs> Chan and much less Bruce Lee. Yeah. I one on TV. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you something about the whole hip hop thing too. You know, we were uh, at RCA sitting up, we had flown in from Frankfurt and went directly to like the uh, RCA BMG building. And we sat there and we did like multiple like interviews with the radio, 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 radio. And, you know, this one girl comes in and, um, and it was like a, a, a hip hop magazine. And, um, I will say that it was like BET was the first people to play our video uh, in America on Halloween 1995. I remember like it was yesterday. And anyway, we're sitting there and doing these interviews and the girl's like, okay, well, Lane, I know, you know, Melanie, she's bringing the, bringing the, the voice and everything, you know, and you bring the rhyme and everything, being a rapper and everything. Um, can you go ahead and, and just drop us a freestyle, right? So one of my apprehensions about coming to the States and Eurodance as a rapper was maintaining that, that credibility, you know? So um, I was like, okay, all right, all right, this, this is gonna be gone, uh, uh. And I was like, 
in the dark from the start to left life and I just rattled off this thing and Melly turned around and looked at me like Damn. what? But <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a secret, in the beginning, I was smart enough to have written some stuff that I memorized and I can insert cities or names or whatever to give it that that freestyle flow. Um but it was perpetrated. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm obviously better at it now, but in the beginning, because I was not, you know, that wasn't my my history of musical theater, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, rap is just nothing more than, you know, prose to a beat, you know. And, um, but yeah, she looked at me like I was like, what? I don't know. See that? See, you are a professional anticipating yep. the unexpected. Exactly. <laughs> Kudos. All right, let's, uh, moving forward now, uh, I think it's pretty accurate to say that you are a singer and obviously a rapper and songwriter, but you're also presently a label owner, right? You have the uh, McCray Records. Yes. So how is that transition from going from a performer to producer? Um, I think it's a natural transition. I think for me, because the industry has changed a lot from where we had our record deal with the major label, to now everything is, you know, clicks, lights, downloads, streams, um, and all that stuff. And it's difficult for artists in general. And I think it's even more difficult for like dance artists um, who were considered a project or what have you to, to get a deal. Um, so as I started branching out musically, not just doing EDM dance music, um, but primarily just some vanity projects, things that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I created um, McCray Records um, to be able to do that and eventually, you know, would like to produce other artists um, and to give them an opportunity. Um, it just was a natural progression for me. I mean, so I can release my own stuff on my own label without having to um, split anything with any other labels or what have you. Um, and, you know, that's a, an accomplishment, you know. Uh, I've always had a lot of my irons in the fire. And um, that was one of them. Um, and I don't want to get ahead of the interview or whatever, but you know, I just recently opened up an art gallery. Um, We're going to get there, man. We're going to get there. <laughs> so uh, one of the things you produced was uh, Sweet Dreams. That's the album, right? Yes. Okay, so tell us about Sweet Dreams. Um, well, we redid that. Um, that's one of those songs that just, just won't go away. Um, several people have done them. Um, I actually did uh, my own version of it uh, with uh, DJ Monique from Sofia, Bulgaria um, in 2015. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that uh, with her. Uh, we shot the video there in Sofia. Um, and then... Um, a remixer by the name of Stonebridge um, redid it as well in 2017. And the actual reproduction of it was a whole completely different, different melody uh, for the, the song. Um, had several remixes to it um, and put that out there. And we did a, a fan video where we put it out there where we had people lip syncing the song and they sent the videos in and we did a, a little montage of everybody um, I shot my part of it in my living room with my laptop. Um, I think Sophie was at the salon getting her hair done when she did hers. Uh, so it was just a fun video. And then we did a lyric video to it. Uh, and we usually end up our show with an encore version of that song. Um, 
but that was, that was a great track. So we just redid it. Okay. So um, in one of those uh, videos of the Sweet Dreams, you had a number of uh, interesting characters. So yeah. is that your, your lineup or is that just uh, one of those uh, one-shot type of video for the audience? Uh, you talking about the, the video with the different people in it? Yeah. Like photos. Yeah. 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 Those are just fans that, you know, sent in, um, you know, videos. One of the, one of the guys was uh, in a group called... Um, Captain Dance, they're like a 90s cover band. Um, they do all the songs. Um, and so he did one. Um, there were some people I didn't know that sent in videos. Um, a lot of the photographs are from, you know, friends of mine that were in there that I had taken photographs with. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, it was just a fun thing to do, so. So that's not the new uh, La Bouche, right? Is that? No, 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 no. That was just a uh, okay. That was that was mean Sophie. Mean Sophie, yeah. yeah. Um, but the rest of the people were just extras. Okay. You have any uh, plans uh, of touring America anytime? Yeah, um, you know we we were supposed to be there this year, uh, but a lot of those things, you know, uh, fell to the wayside with Miss um, Corona. You know, and you know I have to say initially when all that started to get canceled, I was a little. I was a little upset about it, you know, because you know, that's, that's my income. And, but then I sat back and I thought to myself, I said, well, Lane, you know, what good is it going to do you to have all this money and, you know, be dead, you know? So, um, you know, I had this little voice to just sit your ass down and relax. You know, uh, you've been working since you were 13, take advantage of this time. Um, and I have, um, but yeah, we definitely, I love coming to the States. Um, I love touring in Europe, but I also like coming to the States because uh, it keeps us out there. Um, I get to see my, my family, my kids, my grandkids. Um, and I used to combine all that stuff. And, um, and I really do love performing in the States. It's a, it's a different energy than here in Europe. Um, How so? Um, well, a lot of the festivals that we play here in Europe, there's a lot of alcohol involved, you know, um, not everybody's drinking, but, you know, and they're usually really long and the people are out there in the hot sun for hours on end. Um, in the States, they're, they're events, you know, uh, we'll play a hall, people come in, it might be one or two, because I think the last time we were there, we did, it was like Ace of Base, LaBouche, um, and Hathaway. And so oh. it was a it was long enough, but it wasn't too long, you know, so you can enjoy it and then you can go home, you know. I would love to have seen that, that line on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we work together all the time. Um, in fact, uh, we were in Australia a couple of years ago. It was, it was Hathaway, Ace of Base, La Bouche, Amber, uh, and Black Box. Well, you come this way. I hope you're going to let me know. Absolutely. I was, I was just thinking that on the last break that because uh, I, I definitely I've got friends there in Raleigh um, that I definitely will come. We'll have to you know, definitely cook up and have a have a coffee or something. Raleigh, Charlotte. And or maybe, maybe just, even in Atlanta, uh, if you, uh, you know, if that's the closer you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, let's broaden it out. Uh, you also have another dimension, uh, according to your ability. Sounds like you're not only uh, are a producer, singer and performer, but you also started painting as an art painting. Is that correct? That is correct. And it all began in Raleigh, North Carolina, believe it or not. There you go. Um, 
as a, a friend of mine that lives there. Uh, and when we were there a few years ago doing Cape Fear, um, I spent a couple of days there. Um, and he has this um, wall in his house. The house is pretty huge, but this wall in his house is all these different paintings. And he said, these were paintings that people who have come to visit me have done. So you have to do one to you before you leave. I was like, dude, I so don't paint. I said, so um, no, that's not going to happen. So he set up a, a canvas that was probably a foot and a half wide, probably two feet, two and a half feet long. And I said, okay. So I painted like one eye, half of a nose, half of a lip, put some hair on it and painted the hair yellow, the eye blue, the red lips and some blonde hair. And then I put a pearlized paint over it, you know, and boom, that's on the wall. So when I got back to Europe, um, about probably about a month later or so, um, I was driving by and I saw an art store. I was like, <laughs> I turned around, I went in and I bought like three or four canvases and some paint. And I came back to the house and I just first started replicating um, famous works of art. You know, um, I did a couple of uh, Picassos, I call Focassos. <laughs> I did girl with girl's cousin with pearl earring. <laughs> so, uh, and I did uh, Nefertiti. Uh, and it was just, I was just doing that. And I was like, wow, this is really fun, you know? And then I went on to a different, you know, series of like dancers. Um, and none of these things had like features on them because I wasn't really great with like eyes, nose, ears, things like that. So my dancers were all just black in color, you know, kind of abstract in a way um and um and then I went on to some landscape stuff and, you know and then I just started kind of coming up with my own ideas of what I liked painting which I find to be a lot like cooking when you're like cooking gumbo you put a little this in there a little that and you see how it turns out and it's, I had some fails not all of them were great um but one that I did uh were like these three African ladies kind of interlocked um, on a gold background, opulent colors. Um, and I sold it for like 700 euros. And I was like, wow. Oh. I was like, really? I was like, okay. So um, someone purchased that. I had another one that was auctioned off for a children's charity for 500. Um, and I've been selling them, you know. <laughs> and I was like, wow, who knew? So here where I live, um, you know, malls and shopping centers have, you know, taken the place of mom and pop shops and communities or whatever. So there's some vacancies here. And there was a place uh, in the town that I live that has like a huge front uh, window display. And so I have about 35 of my pieces there at the Lane McCray Art Gallery. And once all the, the Corona stuff is over, I will get the inside set up with lighting and feature the rest of the stuff in there. Uh, but meanwhile, everything else is hanging up on my wall. Um, and, you know, I've started doing portraits now. I did one of my, did a series of, um, ethnic people in turbans, uh, cause my daughter's Muslim. So I did one of her and then I just started doing other versions of like African people in turbans, you know, Arabic people in turbans. Um, I've commissioned a couple of things. One of my friends like cats. So I did a cat painting, you know, um, this one is uh that's going to actually to my friend in raleigh bought that um give me a favor 
turn yeah. the camera up so we can see the because the picture because all we can see are the thighs and down. So if you can, nice. And I call this Adam, the first man. Nice. Um, and so this is the the world, and this is Sam about to enter it. Um, and um, nice. I actually use, use my legs as a model. I did a selfie of my legs to shape these massive calves. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's give out your uh, contact information so that uh, people can contact you either about the music or by your art pieces. Yeah, um, you can contact me at sirlanemccray.com, S-I-R-L-A-N-E-M-C-C-R-A-Y.com, uh, or you can contact me through um, officiallabouche.com. Um, Facebook is Sir Lane McCray, Labouche. Uh, Sir Lane McCray, Instagram, Sir Lane McCray, Twitter. Um, yeah. Okay, great. That's good. And I'm sure people will contact you. Um, but you also have Lane McCray Art Gallery, right? Yes. Uh, that's, uh, you can see the link to that at um, um, LaneMcCray.com. Uh, and you can see, I think I've got most of the stuff posted on there. And you can see what's sold, what's not sold. Um, and it comes with a certificate of authenticity. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I just, you know, and I have to have to go back to Melanie because, you know, even though I just started painting in 2018, Melanie actually got me started in fine arts. You know, uh, we were in Miami shooting the video for Fall in Love um, and um, at the Biltmore Hotel there. And it was my 40th birthday. And she <clears throat> shows up to dinner with this big box. And I was like, what the heck is that? She said, happy birthday. And so I opened it up. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with or your, your listeners are familiar with uh, a Russian artist by the name of Erte. Uh, he was like a Art Deco 20s artist. Um, and a lot of that stuff is like in Miami, the really opulent, you know, guys in tuxedos, women in big hats and furs and stuff. But what Melanie gave me was a hanging sculpture of a woman with a big hat. And then it kind of got smaller with guys in tuxedos. Um, and there were only two, or excuse me, there was only 199 of these um, hanging sculptures, these iron sculptures that were done. And mine was like, 113 and 199 um and at the time you know it was i think she paid three thousand dollars for it which i thought was a pretty extravagant gift and i was like wow um and it's i think it's worth about fourteen thousand dollars now you know as time has gone on so that's hanging in my mother's house uh, she wouldn't let me bring it over here because uh, she likes it so it's hanging there with all the rest of my gold and platinum records well, Melanie's and, uh, uh, legend lives on. Yeah, you know, she's, she's always with me. Mi corazón. Excellent, excellent. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Thank and you, sir. It's been a pleasure, and we wish you continued success. Thank you.